0: I'm Joss. Hi, I'm Claudia. And this is the Let's Get Down to Business podcast.
1: We're two cousins on opposite ends of the globe with a lot of opinions about figure skating.
0: And we're here to deliver the news, recaps, and let you know which unexpected skater is going to join the Mary Hodgepodge team being coached by Lee Barkell. Hi, welcome to episode one. So this is gonna be a random assortment of figure skating news that took place in the off season. We're gonna cover coaching changes, retirements, programs, and at the end we're gonna do a general overview of the season layout and what this crazy COVID season is gonna look like. But before we do that, let's do like a quick introduction of ourselves. Claudia, why don't you go first?
1: Hey guys, this is Claudia. I am from Australia. And I started figure skating when I was like seven or eight, because one of my family friends did a birthday party at an ice rink and I just fell in love, went straight up to a coach and was just like, hi, I want lessons. And so my parents were like, what? Um, Okay, (laughs) you've already asked. So yeah, and that was the start of it. Um, And I ended up competing all the way up to nationals in like, I think, twenty two thousand and. Eight, I think or nine I can remember things um and I ended up winning uh primary ladies national champion of Australia Woohoo! which is like juvenile level for, <laughs> for the Americans out there and then life hit me square in the face and I still um still skated up into like into my late teens but didn't end up competing um after that so I left on a high note which I mean Alina Zagitov is still the world champion right now so <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> as the world champion yeah. that she same, is same
1: same deal that she is so same deal you leave on a high and say bye yeah that's me <laughs> joss
0: what about you and i'm joss i have a Less uh, requited figure skating career than that, <laughs> but I live in the Bay Area of California near San Francisco, and like uh, we were mentioning, Claudia and I are cousins. She's actually my husband's cousin. Me and my husband have a beautiful toddler girl, which is She's just lovely. as much fun as it sounds. <laughs> She's almost two now, <laughs> and I actually do not figure skate myself, however... Obviously, Claudia does. Um, but I've been watching for a long time. Me and my best friend, Samantha, watched the 2010 Olympics together in a movie theater because we had to pay $5 to go and watch figure skating in a movie theater. And then we also watched the 2014 Olympics that way. And um, at least you got a movie theater. I know, right? <laughs> go movie theaters. It's like Despicable yeah. Me in Cinema One. Olympics figure skating in cinema too and we did not want to watch Minions so here we were watching Evan Lysacek and Patrick Chan. (laughs) Um, But yeah that's me.
1: Yeah well if you want to learn more about us go listen to our introduction episode but for now that's all you get. Um. (laughs) That's all you get. (laughs) Leave you in suspense. So let's get started with the off-season news for the 2020-2021 skating season.
0: And boy, do we have a lot. (laughs)
1: Look, normally off-season is just like, okay, you get the few coaching changes, retirements here and there, but this has been
0: wild. (laughs) This has truly been wild, okay? And I think obviously a lot of that has to do with the fact that off-season has literally been from since they canceled Worlds till now, so. God, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, it's been a long ass off season. Okay, it's it's been it's been a minute. We didn't even get World Team Trophy. We didn't even get World Team Trophy. We've been deprived. I was I
1: was holding out for World Team Trophy like everybody else.
0: (laughs) All right. Should we do some coaching changes? Yes, we shall. All right. The first coaching change we have is Brady Tennell. She has now gone to Tom Z. How do we feel about that?
1: You know, those things where you're like, I'm surprised, but not really. And like, that doesn't change anything about the whole entire opinion or package. Um, That's what I feel about this.
0: Yeah, I I think I'm interested to kind of see how he changes, like, her image. Because, like, we know, like, in the 2018 season, leading up to the Olympics, her package was very much about, like, this ice princess, Cinderella story. And then the following season, they tried to change it up with, like, a sassier, kind of more attitude-filled short program. And I think I will be very interested to see what Tom attempts to do with her.
1: Yeah. Look, I liked that sassy side. I think Brady just... You know, you cannot ever fault Brady for not trying her maximum. She always... Try so hardest. It was just the costumes weren't great and everything else wasn't great. Um, but I mean her jumps is solid. Um, Tom Z is obviously known as a jump technician, so and not necessarily the best choreographer or packager. So I would be interested to see, um, or at least know what was behind the move. But obviously
0: with coaching changes, you wanna see
1: what they are like afterwards so definitely keeping an eye on Brady for sure yeah
0: and you know I did watch her at the ISP points challenge obviously we'll get into that in episode three um but I think it's too soon to tell judging based on what we've seen everyone seems to be a little rusty at this point we don't really know who's been super training and who hasn't so I guess we'll keep our eyes peeled for her
1: yeah, I think that's just the case with everybody, as well as just in general coaching changes and getting accustomed to a new, um, I guess, new schedule, new place, and all of that shebang. Um, and speaking of adjustments, we've got Alyssa Liu to Massimo Scali, Laurie Nickel and Lee Barkel.
0: This is skater number one joining our hodgepodge skaters being coached by Lee Barkell. I feel like Lee Barkell has a very interesting mix. He's got Gabby Daleman, Satoko Mihara, Vince and Joe, and now we have Alyssa Liu. How do we feel about this uh, TikTok potential?
1: The TikTok potential is really, really good. Um, I also think they should do a terrace house for Lee Barkell. or
0: like, like a big on, brother
1: would... dude gabby daleman would smash big brother like those <laughs> those diary room entries will be so fire Ugh, oh, that would get ratings for
0: sure that'd be so good she would be like That one person that does the HOH and all the physical HOHs, she would be picking, like, two people to face off that would just be, like, the rudest, like, most, like, diabolical planning.
1: You know who she reminds me of? Rachel. (laughs)
0: Yeah, she's Rachel on Big Brother.
1: She's such a Rachel. Like, you know she's got that talent and explosive power, but at other times you're like, you're really questionable.
0: Yeah, and I feel like in her intro package... They're going to give her the key and she's going to be like, I'm a pageant queen. I'm a figure skater. (laughs) And I don't mean that in a mean way. I just think that that's the way that she's going to package herself. She's like, I'm a triple threat. And that's going to be like her brand. And she would
1: never vacate the HOH room. Like she would just, she'll be squatting throughout the entire season. And like props to that. Cause like, why not?
0: (laughs) Why not? Right. She'll, she'll be the HOH room squatter.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And Alyssa Liu will be like, I don't know. She's she's just going to be the bouncing around type girl who
0: everyone like just loves. I know she'll be so cute. You know, speaking of Alyssa, um, you know, I live near Oakland, and when we went to Claudia, you were here for this. We went yeah. to the Oakland Ice Rink, um, last year, kind of by Christmas, and it was literally like Alyssa Lou Central. Like it was, it was oh, a it lot was. of Alyssa Lou. So
1: I think I was just primarily mad that we missed her because like the session, oh, session or two after she was on the ice, and we saw it on Instagram, and we're like. Pfft. Really?
0: <laughs> I just like, damn it. Damn it. I think it will be really interesting to see kind of where she progresses from here because in, in my opinion, I think she has gone as far as she could with Laura Lepetzky. Um, But also to my knowledge, she is going to be still skating in Oakland, obviously, because Lee Barkell is in Canada um, and Massimo will be there with her and they'll be communicating via Skype or video or whatever with Lori and Lee Barkell.
1: Yeah, Look, I think that she obviously needs to inject some speed and skating skills into her programs. Um, she's got, I mean, she's still very young, so we hopefully her technique keeps up. But hopefully, yeah, the working with Laurie and Massimo will pay off in dividends and we'll get to see a little America's call to the Russian juniors. Because she's definitely got that personality, the spunk and everything. So. She's so cute. She's heckin' cute. She's like a dog meme. Heckin' cute. And she's like, <laughs> what? Under five foot? God, that's like bean size. We love bean size people. She's truly bean sized. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, why don't we do our next coaching change? We have Alexia Paganini has moved to Stefan Lambiel. Claudia, how do you feel about that?
1: I'm actually really excited about this. Like, finally going to Switzerland and training there, because she used to train in Hackensack, New Jersey. Um... Obviously, she competes for Switzerland, um, but she did say she attributed the switch to the effects of COVID in the US and a desire for change and for everything to be a bit more professional and organized. Um, Stefan's been like racking up some skaters in his school. Um, I think that if he can help Alexia just add a bit more, you know, X factor and star power, like she'll be able to move up in those ranks because she's been sitting kind of like in the big big European competitions and world, she's been sitting in kind of like the top 10-ish area, um, depending on how well she does. But hopefully, you know, if she gets more consistent, um, you know, it'll be really nice to see her kind of jump up and start to infiltrate the, the top groups more.
0: Yeah, I think Alexia has definitely always had potential. I totally agree. I think that she has just needed someone to kind of give her a kick you know like mm-hmm. she needs yeah she needs some hot cheetos you know <laughs> and those hot cheetos will come from shoma from- uno <laughs> those hot cheetos <laughs> will come from shoma uno she needs to go from regular cheetos to hot cheetos this is I'm my analogy for lexi paganini and i'm sticking with it
1: <laughs> now i want some hot cheetos but yeah no i, I, I want think, some hot cheetos i think her um being in the same rank as um, you know, all of Stefan's skaters and Schremer will really give her that push because even though, you know, they're, they're men's skaters, you know, that technical competition will definitely give her a kick up the butt and get her going, which will be great because she has a heckin' great looks and we want to see more of it. For sure. All right, let's move to another leba Oh, no. Somebody who left Lee Barkell, that's Vincent Zhou, he went to Tom Z and Christy Kroll. Um, He's keeping Mia Hamada on his team. Wait, really? Yeah. Like, you know what? I've lost track of how many times Vincent has changed coaches. I don't know where he is. I just know he skates for America. Wait,
0: hang on. I I understand that this is in the Google Doc, okay? (laughs) But I'm just like, every time I see this, I'm shocked and flabbergasted that he's moving coaches again. Are
1: you really that shocked though? This is kind of just like a, oh, okay, Vincent's changed. Cool. Add another one to the to the list. But uh, look, he's been a bit quiet. Like I did enjoy his Olympic um, performances-ish, enjoyed-ish. Um, I think he really left everything out on the table there, but I think he just needs to just like Alexia needs a little kick up the butt just to get him going and to actually like perform on ice because I think that's where he's a bit lacking. Like you can see how hard he tries, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, I really I definitely enjoyed his Olympic performances. I liked Moulin Rouge, although both you and I know that Tessa and Scott are the original Moulin Rouge. But... But, you know, he I really enjoyed his Moulin Rouge and also this past season, obviously, he wasn't very active. He was studying. He was at Brown. Go Brown. Love Brown. But the programs that he did pull out, the one that I really enjoyed was a short program. Mm -hmm. I will say that I wasn't expecting him to pull that song. That rhythm yeah. out of the bag, but I was pleasantly surprised <laughs> by how much his jumps had kept up. Um, we were seeing a few less under rotations than he normally had, so I'm looking forward to kind of seeing what this next coaching change will bring him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, again, it's a very similar to Brady situation, kind of just the male and female versions of each other almost. Um, <laughs> look, Tom's Tomsey will work his own lovely magic. Yes. <laughs> and we'll
0: leave it at that. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Okay, we're going to do some Russian coaching changes now, um, but we're going to go into a ton of detail about these and how we feel about them in our next episode where we're going to cover our Russian test skates. Um, so here we're just going to kind of list them and we're not going to do a lot of detail about them. So
1: Yeah, I mean, the major ones that everyone really knows about is um, Misha Kolyada going to Alexei Mishin. That I re- I rate that this move a lot. I really do. Um, and we'll definitely see. I love it, see... but we're going
0: to talk more about that later. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, we'll see how that works out, um, in terms of consistency. Um, we've got Aliona Kostarnaya and Sasha Trusova to Plushenko, which obviously was the big drama star of the entire off season. It was great for my drama feed. Um... Oh, but wait, this next one is even better for my
0: drama feed. <laughs>
1: Oh my God. This, this wasn't even drama feed. This was just like the atomic bomb at the end. You're just like, this is so 2020 that
0: like, <laughs> listen, Claudia, I was in bed. It was literally like five in the morning. Okay. I think I had gotten up to like get a drink of water. And then I had like five texts from my other friend, Melanie, who is both a mom and a figure skating photographer. Um, but she was like, oh my gosh, do you hear the news? And I was like, Oh my god, what? And then I went to look and it was the news that Evgenia Medvedeva had switched coaches from Brian Orser and Tracy Wilson back to a Terry. Like excuse me, if this is not the most 2020 figure skating news, I don't even know what could be.
1: <laughs> I honestly thought it was a scam. Um as in like the headline was just like I read it wrong. I was just like I know my reading skills can go out the window sometimes. Like what is going on? And I was like, "Excuse me." Evgenia, you would just FaceTime Brian Orser. Like, what is this betrayal? I mean, although I completely understand it, but... Um, this is the ultimate chaotic
0: evil move. It's the ultimate chaotic evil move.
1: <laughs> we'll, even, mm, we will discuss this later because this would take three hours if we <laughs> continue to discuss it now. Um, You're right. We need so, to be quiet. <laughs> yeah, we need to be quiet for now. Get the suspense going. Um so we'll move on to retirements. Um yeah, a bunch of people, very very interesting people like Sergei Voronov have retired this season. Um some Russian lady skaters have put in their retirement notice after like 5,000 years off the scene. So big shocker. Um so we've got Daria Panenkova, Elena Radionova finally saying goodbye. We have Maria Sotskova saying goodbye as well. Um to go to fashion school, I guess. Look, her dresses have always been great. I've always been a fan of her dresses. They're, they're so top notch. I love them. Top notch, absolutely. um And we have Valentina Marche saying goodbye. Who's like, honestly, she's she's a queen. She's queen level. Like, we love her. We stand. We stand. We we bow for her career. Yay, she's given wars. us a lot of sass, so that's been great. Thank you, Valentina. And how about partner splits and changes this offseason,
0: Joss? So first, we have Avin Lee Nguyen and Vadim Kolesnik. They are junior ice dance pair. I was honestly pretty shocked about this when I heard. I mean, I'm not super into junior ice dance, but I have watched them before. I have enjoyed them before. They seemed like a solid pair. I was pretty surprised.
1: I think everyone was really. And especially the the messages, what Avonlea wrote, you were just like, oh, okay, You're, I will find a partner who wants to work. And you're like, okay, the shade is coming out.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) Um,
1: I honestly thought it was – I thought the split was because – well, maybe it is because um, Vadim wouldn't be released by his federation. Um, But, yeah, I think you, me, and everyone else was really shocked by this split. Um, We all know that Avonlea is a true star power here. Avonlea is, like, the mini – Meryl Davis. She really is. She's got that sass about her. She's got that quiet, like, I am I will, like, kill you eyes, but, like, look at me. I'm freaking gorgeous. Yeah, so we'll see which lucky guy gets to be paired up with Avonlea. Um, yeah. And we've got Alexa Semecha-Kunirim and Brandon Fraser. We've kicked the chris Kneerum out. He's still spinning on the ice somewhere. <laughs> He's still spinning. <laughs>
0: Somewhere, somewhere, somehow, Chris Kinnear has kept spinning on the ice. And, you know, I, I think obviously we all saw this one coming, um, you know, during that at last when Alexa was carrying on the program by her lone self. Um, I think we knew that that it was time for for Alexa and Brandon to pair up. Um, I think we also knew that Brandon and Haven were going to split eventually. So I don't think anyone is super surprised at this one either.
1: Yep, pretty much. Um, I'm excited, though. Something new. Two great pair skaters. Um, If they can pull it off. Yeah, I'm stoked. I reckon we're in for a nice watch. Um, So, yeah. Do we know what music they're skating to?
0: You know, I don't think so. But you know, with the news before that, Tara and Danny are changing coaches. We obviously have Jessica and Brian, who are very solid, and now we have Alexa, who I personally really enjoy, and Brandon. You know, I, I think that U.S. pairs yeah, is gonna make that's a actually change. really deep field. Yeah,
1: but I, my personal little lovely dovely junior lady, Aliona Anisheva, who after doing a quad toe with a Terry was just like, I am severely injured and so we'll no longer do single skating and go to ice dance. We were all like, uh, what? But she found a guy, Andre Pilon, and I want to see her ice dance. I, she is the cutest fairy in the entire world. I stan her. I'm ready for this whenever it comes.
0: We love it. Yes. when Whenever it comes is the key word, obviously, throughout the whole podcast.
1: <laughs> yep. All right, let's talk about programs, though. The music choices for this season and pretty much just any program we want to talk about, really. I know you're excited for a
0: particular particular skater. <laughs> okay, I really want to talk about Mariah Bell, okay? So I think last season we had a very energetic Britney Spears choreographed by Adam Rapon for the short program. And then we had Hallelujah for the Free Skate. So it was kind of like an energetic short program and like a lovely classical free skate
1: oh you said lovely classical free skate i said snooze fest <laughs> as in the music not mariah bell she's great i love her <laughs> but like we've heard enough of hallelujah i don't need a full four minutes of it thank you very much in my own personal opinion so i'm very glad <laughs> of her free skate choice this year yeah Abba <laughs> Abba
0: oh my gosh okay so Fun fact about me. Mamma Mia is one of my favorite movies ever. I don't watch a lot of movies with real human beings in them and much prefer <laughs> <but> animation. <laughs> Claudia is laughing at me.
1: <laughs> I love it, though. I love you. However,
0: <laughs> however, Mamma Mia is literally one of my favorite movies in the entire world. And I've just been waiting for someone to do an ABBA medley, okay? We had a lot of Charlie Chaplin. We get a lot of Elvis. We get a lot of Guns and Roses. Never in my life have I seen someone do an ABBA medley. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what songs are we going to get? Are we going to get a Honey Honey? Are we going to get a Gimme Gimme Gimme? <laughs> I mean, obviously we're going to get a Dancing Queen.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think Raph would be like, you have to put Winner Takes It All in there. You have to. That is the only way you're going to win. And I wouldn't mind it. But I think the real question is are we going to hear Pierce Brosnan singing or actual ABBA singing? Because Pierce Brosnan in a full
0: arena. Oh my gosh. This this is like Pierce Brosnan's dream, okay, is to be heard by an entire arena singing ABBA. And you know, Winner Takes It All is literally like if Raph had a MySpace page, that would be the song that would be on his MySpace page when you click on it. It would literally be, you know, like when you have turned the volume all the way up and you click on someone's MySpace page and it just... <laughs> Blasts you. That's But he would MySpace. have it
1: hidden. He, it would be his guilty pleasure. It'd be on like his iTunes record that he's played it like 5,000 times, but he'll hide the song.
0: <laughs> yeah. And once you click on his MySpace page, it'll just like boom appear. This is what's happening. This is the narrative. I'm going with it.
1: No, I'm going with that too. <laughs> um, and Glitter in the Air by Pink and Adam Rapon for a short program. Like that, that whole um, combination and partnership. Uh, hats off. I love it. It's great. I'm here for anything. Campy by Adam Rapon, because it turns out spectacular.
0: Lovely. All right. And next, her boyfriend, Roman Ponsard.
1: I, you know what? They definitely had a conversation about doing medleys for their free skate. He's doing an Elvis medley. Um, <laughs> you know, why don't we hop on the Velour bandwagon? Um, He should be in purple velour for the Elvis medley. Shoma would be really, really happy considering he's keeping both. Shoma would be
0: so proud. He'd be so
1: proud considering he's keeping both his short and free for this season. He's like, I need to extend my velour influence to somebody else. And that is Romain Ponsard.
0: Yeah, he's like, where is my creative energy going to go if not creating velour suits head to toe for myself? Obviously, it's going to be for oh, him. Yeah. And I feel like he is one of those people, Roman, not not Shoma, um, who has once either been an Elvis impersonator for his company Christmas party <laughs> or dressed up as Elvis for Halloween. I feel like this is just the energy that he gives off. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is just the energy that, that, that I'm feeling from him.
1: <laughs> you know what? I haven't heard that before, but... I'm on board with it. I will not correct you. (laughs) Thanks, Claudia.
0: I love the support.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And there's no more support for Amber Glenn and Gravity for her free skate.
0: (laughs) You know, I feel like Amber Glenn, I love Gravity, okay? Like, it's a great song. Me too. I feel like she's had it for like a million years, even though it's probably not true. I feel like I've seen it a lot and I'm happy that she has any free skate. Let me tell you, I'm so excited for Amber Glenn
1: this season. I'm so excited. Her TikTok has been on fire, that triple axel. If she can pull it off, which I think she can, bam, I'm here for it.
0: We love Amber Glenn. I stand Amber Glenn. And you know, I think that her performance of Scars at Nationals last year was just like, it was so nice. Mm -hmm. I feel like if I was in person for that program, I probably would have cried. Okay, next is literally one of my favorite skaters in the world. If not, maybe my favorite skater right now, who is Kaori Sakamoto. Woohoo! She okay, Claudia, I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm so mad, okay. Okay, so little, little story for you. So me and my friend Melanie that I was talking about earlier, we went to Skate America last year together. So jealous. And it was so exciting because it was both of our first trips away from our little babies and our partners uh manned the Ford at home and, and We're on baby duty, but we were both so heckin' stoked about Kaori skating to no roots for her short (laughs) program. She literally had the entire one-third filled arena clapping on beat for her, and her red costume with all the cutouts was fire. And she was so happy with herself when she skated that program. Like, she was, like, feeling it, okay? Like, this was her energy. And I feel like last season, or I guess the season before that, she had kind of very, like, melodic, lyrical programs. And you can tell that she was just, like, so into this. Like, she was, like, feeling oh, yeah. herself, okay? Like she's great at the and and lyrical I am, programs, but, like, she's got some spunk in her too. Yeah, and I think that, that the these this last season, the No Roots for the short program and the Matrix Free Skate were, like... So her energy, like you could literally see Mm -hmm. it on her face. She was like parched for these programs. Okay. Kara, was parched, (laughs) but this season, (laughs) I'm so upset. We are not keeping no roots. We are keeping matrix, which I'm glad because there's one point in time in the program where she almost cuts all the judges heads off. (laughs) Um, No. Okay. You know what? I am both
1: upset that she's not keeping no roots, but also... Glad because that opens up the opportunity for her to bring it back for the Olympic season and I am here for an Olympic short program to no roots by Kaori Sakamoto in that red dress with the whole entire arena clapping for her. I want that to happen. This opens the door and if she doesn't do it, I will be mad. But for now, the possibility,
0: I'm going to let it fly because we get him to see Matrix again, so that's all right. That's all right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And we get to see the uh, black pleather suit, the black and green pleather suit and the bun. We love it. And we get to see her facial expressions and we get to see her cut off the judge's heads. It's great.
1: You know what's great, though? Out of all of the people who have skated to the Matrix, this is honestly the most fire costume. The men should take notes because all of their costumes have been so goddamn shit. <laughs> take notes, So then. Take notes, Kayori is the style queen. And that's the tea. That's the tea. Our next program is from May Berenice Miette. skating to If I Ain't Got You by Alicia Keys. Oh my- She's on fire with all of these songs. I'm so keen.
0: I'm so excited for this, okay? I've been waiting for some, like, classic... 90s early 2000s R&B like this is like the vibe that I live for it but like no one's doing it except for her I'm I'm crushed
1: no but she's here for it she's our representative she gets us and I mean if you skate to Beyonce at the Olympics you know you've got taste
0: yeah That's and you whip I'm out saying. the Alicia Keys in a couple of years um, I'm here for it
1: are you here for Keegan Messing's
0: music choices Okay, I got to see perfect in person. (laughs) and I literally cried through the whole thing. Okay, so I'm so glad because he didn't get to bring it. I mean, obviously, he couldn't go to worlds. We know we know the Canadian man drama. Okay, like, we, we were there for all of it. I understand. But I'm just so glad that he gets to skate this again. It was dedicated to his wife. This was his wedding song. I'm getting emotional just talking about it. But I'm so glad that he gets to bring it back. I think that he really enjoyed it when he skated at that time at Skate America. So I, I'm just glad that, that he gets to skate it again for another season.
1: Who knew that you would be saying, you know, I got emotional over Keegan Messing.
0: <laughs> this is true. This
1: is true. No, I'm excited to, um, to see him skate. Like I'm, I'm very kind of hot and cold with his skating. He's got amazing jumps, but he's kind of got the really like Philippe Candelot-esque style where it's like messy at times, but when he's on, it's just like,
0: wow. His knee bend is just like, we live for the knee bend.
1: Yeah. Anyway, um, I want to talk about Jason Brown.
0: Don't we all, don't we all want to talk about Jason Brown? Okay. What do you want to say about Jason Brown?
1: When the On Ice Perspectives videos released, I, like, I was on the bus and I was just like, oh, okay, I don't have my headphones, so I can't, like, put this on loud. And so I was just watching Jason's lovely skating and I'm like, okay, Cinnaman, Slaughter on 10th Avenue, mm, okay. And then I got home, turned up the volume, and I was in
0: love. I was in complete love with both of them. Ugh. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited about this. I mean, I think Jason can skate to anything. I am still very emotionally stuck in his musical phase. I will also I will always be emotionally stuck there. Maybe I need to go to therapy to resolve that part of my inner child. But I think that I'm so excited to see these programs I think the on ice perspective previews were amazing I think that he always kind of pulls it out of the bag at the beginning of the season to kind of give us this like hype and anticipation which he did last season 2 with the Schindler's List so I'm super stoked for this
1: I hope he gets his um, jumps all together I mean his we all know that his triple jumps are great technique is spotless let's hope he gets a quad that he can finally land consistently and so that can push him up Um, because he is competing with a bunch of quad kings, one of which being Nathan Chen, whom I'm so excited for his music selections, honestly. Not, not so much his short program because Asturias is, we've heard it, but Philip Glass selections for his free skate. Oh my gosh. I'm such a fan. I've been waiting for somebody to skate to Philip Glass selections for so long. And of course, Nathan does it.
0: Who else but i i think the um i mean I, you know, a part of me is sad that we don't get rocket man and benny and the jets because i love a little hunched over necklace hip-hop number in the middle of the free skate <laughs> i also love the fashion show that he gave us we love the fashion show we love the glimpses of torso like no but but to be <laughs> serious about this uh we'll <laughs> talk about this more later but but he did skate his programs, and I think they're amazing. I hope that he keeps the button down white shirt and black pants that we saw when he did skate it. I think Philip Glass is great for him because from what we saw, he was able to kind of, you know, everyone always talks about like Nathan Chen has ballet training, you know, but we never get to see it because, you know, he has this kind of posture that he carries all the time. But I think that these new selections allow him to kind of show that. And I'm super stoked.
1: Yeah. And we know that he's going to build on that and refine it as the season goes, um, goes on. So I think at the end of the season, this is going to be a really, really great free skate for him. Yes.
0: Yeah. Super excited. Next up, we have Andrew Torgashev, who is skating to Dream Battle Cry and Radioactive by Imagine Dragons. And, you know, I I, I, <laughs> I, I think of all the <laughs> skaters who could potentially skate to Imagine Dragons. And I think Andrew Torgashev, I think this is on brand for him. What, what do you think?
1: I think it's on brand and he also stole my like 15 year old workout playlist. So,
0: um. <laughs> all right. I have opinions about this next one. So, we're going to move into a little bit of dance here. Um, we're going to start with Hubble and Donahue. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about this. So last season we had the rhythm dance, which they've kept the rhythm dance this year. Yay. Um, however, Hubble and Donahue did not keep their rhythm dance. They have switched from My Heart Belongs to Daddy. Oh, I am cringing just saying that out loud. <laughs> but we are switching from My Heart Belongs to Daddy to Burlesque for the rhythm And my
1: dance. question is, is that any better? <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know we'll wait and see.
1: Look, there's been enough Russian music cuts of burlesque. Like I'm, I'm kind of done with Christina Aguilera's wailing. Um, And you know that Hubble and Donahue are just going to really ramp up the camp in burlesque. Gonna eat it up. But you know what? I'm just happy that there's no more "Heart Belongs to Daddy." Um, Just saying that. Yeah, it's a bit of a cringe. Yeah. Um, I wonder if she's gonna keep her big fur coat um, for burlesque. Maybe she'll turn it into a skirt or
0: something. Oh, upcycling. Upcycling the costume.
1: You know what? We're we're here for sustainability. Um. (laughs) Save the planet.
0: Climate change is real. So
1: going through the list of programs, I still feel like there is way too
0: much. Too darn hot. Um. It was too darn hot last season. It is still too darn hot. Maybe that is a side effect of climate change. It is just too dark. Keeping hard.
1: with the yeah, let's roll with the same theme. <laughs> let's roll with the same theme. Um, but another dance team that didn't keep their rhythm dance was Papadakis and Cizeron. They're not keeping their Fame rhythm dance, which obviously everyone loved. It was great. Um, but they're skating to the Artist soundtrack now, which you know what? Um, I think they'll do well in it. Um, I think they're just trying to um keep things fresh and keep things new, which fair game to them.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that I personally really liked the fame. I really wanted them to keep the fame when I heard that the rhythm dance was not going to change the season. Um, it was kind of similar to like the Lila and Lewis like disco program. It's got that same bop, you know, mm-hmm. that boppy vibe. I really wanted them to keep fame, but I mean, Gabby and Guillaume can do no wrong. So not, not too, too mad that, that they're not keeping fame.
1: All right. So let's get into some miscellaneous news. Um... Let's start with Amber Glenn's gorgeous triple axel that she showcased on TikTok. Oh, my gosh. We stan.
0: We stan. Just, we love it. Uh, yeah.
1: I'm so excited. I'm, it, looks it looks so looks good. Great.
0: It looks fully rotated. It looks like it is height.
1: It's punchy. It looks like it can definitely be consistent. Um, hopefully, she can pull it out and keep it, you know,
0: and compete well with it. Ooh. It's heating up. But like, yeah, you know, of all the American women, I was thinking, you know, who's going to get a triple axel next? And and a lot of people were talking about, is it going to be Mariah? Is it going to be Brady? But like, look at Amber Glenn. She's like, excuse me. Lady. She's got nothing
1: to lose, though. She's got nothing to lose. She's going all out. And I respect her for it. Um,
0: yeah, this could really be a good thing for American ladies skating, because, you know, as we know, at the last Olympics, We were like ninth, tenth, and eleventh, or something. So I'm hoping that this round.
1: Yeah, she's pulling Eliza Tuktomusheva. She's going. You know what? An old dog can learn new tricks, and I'm going to show all the youngsters how to do it.
0: So, props to her. Props to her for sure.
1: Another props is to Yulia Lipnitskaya, who became a mother. What? Woohoo! Mom's club. Mom's club. I didn't. I, I don't think anyone knew she was pregnant.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I remember just seeing that she had a baby and I was like, oh, I didn't, ma'am, ma'am, I didn't know that you were <laughs> pregnant,
1: ma'am. No, I'm really happy for her. I think um, given, you know, her history with skating and, you know, obviously um, what made her retire, she deserves. She deserves it all. She deserves um, so much
0: happiness. So congratulations to her and her family.
1: And more kid news, more baby news. Michael Breschner and Daniel Montalbano
0: also had a kid. And okay, get this. There was an Instagram story that I think one of them posted and then Nathan reposted on his story. Nathan like went over to their place and sat in their patio, like at their little patio table and presented their child with this pair of Nike shoes.
1: (laughs) Which is incredibly on
0: brand. Like, he's probably just like, oh, I no longer fit these shoes. I might just re-gift them. <laughs> I might just re-gift them. It's, it's a gift for my Nike sponsorship. But, like, if there is one dream that I want to achieve for my child, you know, it's, it's not that they get an a plus in in calculus it's that Nathan Chen can come over and sit on my patio furniture and gift my toddler tiny Nike shoes
1: all right I'll work on it for you Joss I'll work on it
0: (laughs) thanks I appreciate it
1: (laughs) hi Nathan and moving on though um Patrick Chan and Elizabeth Putnam got married so and the cute. photos look so
0: cute the photos are so beautiful like from what i see on their instagram they're kind of like a very outdoorsy couple they enjoy hiking they do yeah. a lot of canadian hiking and enjoy beautiful canadian scenery and i think that their wedding photos were like super reminiscent of that and i really couldn't be happier for them i know they both look so happy yeah, the happiest. So congratulations to Patrick and Elizabeth.
1: Yeah, also congratulations to Florent Amodio, who got married to Sofia Gasumi. And that also looked hella cute. I saw some Instagram stories and that looked like a hella cute turned into hella awesome party at the end. You know Florent Amodio absolutely got things pumping
0: yeah, Afterwards. I mean, if there was one person who I knew their wedding guests would party until three in the morning and shut the place down, it would probably be him.
1: Oh, yeah. Who cares about COVID? Like, they're going to dance COVID straight out the door. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, have you read the Shib Sib's new book,
0: The Kudo Kids? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so first we have to introduce this new book, okay? So okay, basically, okay. Maya and Alex Shibutani, who I love, love love them lots, okay? they Same here have published a book that they have written together along with another co-writer that they hired. And it's called The Kudo Kids. It is a middle grade, so between ages of 8 to 12, mystery novel. And basically, it is kind of like a self-insert fiction that the characters are extremely reminiscent of them. They are siblings. They have the same first initials as them. Um, But it's like a mystery story. And I just like I love that they're doing this. Like I think that their M.O. is to kind of like incorporate a lot of like kids and teens into their fan base and to inspire kids and teens that that look like them and that you know can be inspired by them to do big things so I'm here for it. Claudia I know that you read the book so.
1: Yeah I actually I really enjoyed it um from the from the first couple of pages I knew that it was just pretty much autobiographical I mean their dogs I think their dogs names are the same in the book and um obviously in real life um but I really enjoyed the story I thought it was well written Um, the amount of representation that they put in about, you know, Japanese-Americans, as well as being really inclusive of um, all the other countries and, you know, cultures out there. It's set um, in kind of the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, which obviously has been postponed for this year. But, um, yeah, it was just really, it was a really cool story that was really inclusive. The mystery part was great. Chris Yamaguchi blurbed it.
0: I think it's an all-round, like, gold star. Gold star. Gold star. Five stars on Goodreads. Gold stars for
1: everybody. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: Five stars on Goodreads. If we ever start a Patreon, maybe we could do a more in-depth review on our Patreon for our future potential patrons.
1: (laughs) No, I think that would be a really good idea.
0: So moving on to some sadder news from this offseason, um, we definitely want to address and acknowledge the passing of both Ekaterina Alexandrovskaya and also Christopher Reed. Um, we just wanted to acknowledge, you know, their skating careers, all the hard work they've put in, and give our condolences to their friends and family.
1: So growing up, I skated with Harley Windsor, who's um, who was Cartier's um, partner, and so, you know, the community around, um, around Katia and all of that were really, really shocked, um, by her passing. Um, but, you know, you know, we all kind of gathered together, um, and there was a GoFundMe set up by former ice dancer, um, Greg Merriman. And, you know, we just wanted to flood her funeral with flowers, um, and, you know, give her a really, really nice send off, Um, and just the community that came together for that, that was just really, that was just really something special. Um, and obviously during COVID, you know, made things even harder, but, um, you know, yeah, I think her, her passing, you know, it's really tragic. Um, but it also raises, um, a lot of awareness and light into, um, you know the background and how certain illnesses and you know coaching you know how that's all dealt with um just gives more awareness to that whole topic um but yeah and with Chris Reed you know we've the Reed siblings um have been around for so long um and you know we've watched them skate so many programs and so many competitions that just hearing the news was like one of those things where you're like wait is this is this real and you know i I feel like it's again the um the community coming together was really just something special, and everyone just gave you know so much love to the whole Reed family um and I'm you know really happy that Allison's decided to c- go back on the competitive ice, and uh you know, I know that there's gonna be so much love for her and support for her and her skating in the future, so yeah.
0: Yeah, we just wanted to give our condolences again to both the family and friends of Katya as well as Chris. All right, why don't we move on to some TikTok news? (laughs) I love TikTok, Claudia. So I think one of my favorite people to follow is Gabby Daleman on TikTok. She does a good variety of dances as well as she does a lot of TikToks at her on her training ice, she also features skaters like Satoko Miyahara teaching her many TikTok dances, <laughs> and perhaps when we see the rest of the merry band of Lee Barkel skaters, including Vince and Joe, perhaps Alyssa Liu could be in Gabby Daleman's TikToks. I think this this could get spicy.
1: None of them will beat Satoko. She looks so at home, <laughs> you know. Poor girl. At, at. <laughs> I just want to know She's so sweet. I just want to know what happened or what Gabby Daleman said to Satoko Miyohara to be like, do this TikTok with me and we're gonna film it and we're gonna do it over and over and over again. And Satoko being the lovely kid that she is, just going, Okay, sure. I'm really uncomfortable with this,
0: <laughs> but sure. She she does look mildly uncomfortable, I would say, in most, if not all of her TikToks, but You know, maybe she will find a song that she really enjoys. (laughs) Maybe she'll be more of a dance in my backyard girl than than she will a a savage or a renegades kind of girl. Uh, Also on TikTok is Amber Glenn. She has been skating sometimes at her rink. But she has also been skating at the Galleria Mall where a lot of people stop and look (laughs) at her spinning in the middle of the ice and filming TikToks and stuff.
1: Look. I've skated in a mall, it's it's great when there's no one around, but then when you've got that whole audience, you're just like, can you please go away, because I'm going to fall on my butt a lot, and you guys are all videoing me, and just, no thank you, please leave, um, but I mean, ice time is
0: ice time. <laughs> ice time is ice time. I feel like there's definitely something to be said about Lexi and her family drinking Orange Julius on the third floor, kind of staring down at you while you... Do a camel spin in the middle of the ice next to the Forever 21. But <laughs> I mean, ice time is definitely ice time and we're all coping and. In yeah, COVID she'll be season. getting, you
1: know, the shouts of, whoa, and oh, my God, are you going to the Olympics?
0: <laughs> which, um, which she might so, be.
1: Yeah, she might be definitely without triple axel. Um, but <laughs> she she knows she had a great time there. She knows she's just like, I'm a perform for y'all. And it's gonna be great, cause look at my triple Axel. I am here to compete this season. Get it, Amber? We see you. We see you, girl. Maybe the mall skating helped her. All right. I think that's all for news, really. Or let's. Why don't we talk about the general layout of the season? Cause everything's a bit up in the air and still tentative. Oh yeah, for sure.
0: So we're gonna try and make this. The least dry that we can for you, but we also kind of wanted to provide, obviously, kind of a general layout of the season as considering, you know, some of the things might be a little bit confusing as to kind of where points are coming from or or how people qualify, so we wanted to kind of clarify a few things. So why don't we start with first the Junior Grand Prix just being cancelled, full out cancelled?
1: I think they didn't really have any other choice, like, because it's so early in the season and it was when Europe was really struggling really there's no other like
0: yeah i I think we definitely saw this one coming i think a lot of people predicted it on on the internet on twitter and stuff i I think a lot of people thought that this was the correct decision it also means uh, i mean it doesn't mean that this isn't a sad decision as well but you know we wish the best for yeah the athletes and and their training and, and hopefully this gives them time to kind of recover considering that a lot of people have taken a lot of time off the ice now that COVID has hit
1: Yeah, but also like with federations and some of the, um, you know, the not so fortunate nations in terms of funding, I think, you know, especially with COVID hitting every single industry, it was the only decision. It was the correct decision. And hopefully um, the domestic competitions that are, you know, going to prop up will give them some uh, competitive uh, events to skate in. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. So the next thing is also kind of an experimental thing that that's happening this season. Obviously, we're all doing our best with virtual platforms like Zoom and stuff. So um, US Figure Skating is holding a virtual challenge series, uh, which is called the International Selection Pool. So the ISP Points Challenge, which we were talking about earlier. Um, It has started. So it started on September 9th, and this is going to serve as the selection process for nationals.
1: I honestly think that this is the best thing that they could come up with. I think that, you know, it's great that skaters can compete um, in this virtual challenge series. Honestly, I didn't really know how it was going to work at first. Um, I thought they were going to, um, you know, send in tapes, but, you know, they could send in whatever tapes they wanted. And I was just like, how are you going to score ev- score everyone, you know, doing perfect programs and selecting whatever they want to, um, you know, submit. But it's the, the competition's just structured like a regular competition and you submit, you know, your skate and whether you have falls or not, that's what you submit. Um, and yeah, I, I think it, it's just great that competition's back on um, in whatever format, um, you know, keeping the season going um, as much as they can. Um, and yeah, we still get to see the programs. Um, they still get to skate them. So I think it's a, I think it's a pretty good process.
0: Yeah. And and from what I've seen, it's gone pretty smoothly. I guess we'll see more when, you know, we get into more of the competitive part of the season. But from what I've seen, I think it's been going pretty smoothly. And I have high hopes for this.
1: And another Challenger series, um, the Senior Bs, some of them have been cancelled, like Asian Open, Autumn Classic, the Nepala Memorial. Finlandia has been cancelled. Nebelhorn was on. Um, though there wasn't any crowd watching. And I feel like that was kind of the big tester um, of how an event would go. And so hopefully um, the later senior Bs in the year, so like um, the Warsaw Cup, the Golden Spin of Zagreb, they will um, follow kind of Nebelhorn's um, structure and, you know, skaters get to compete. The Japan Open was on the 3rd of October and so we got to see the Japanese skaters start their season really. There's also been you know um, Japan's sectionals and regionals so you know it's good that they're competing and they've got um,
0: you know a platform and availability to do so. Definitely. Um, We're also going to tell you about the Cup of Russia or Russian Cup. There are five stages of Russian Cup. We have seen the first one so far. They take place every two to three weeks. Um, and the the last one is the fifth stage. And that's going to be the end of the first week of December. And we will leave a link in the show notes for where you can find the entries and the assignments.
1: Yeah, because people keep pulling out. Um, so it's going to be um, constantly changing, but... Um... The later in the stages we go, we're going to see some pretty cool matchups like Alena Kostanaya against Sasa Trusova and Kamila Varieva. That's in stage five. Um, so it's really just helps to have those cups there um, while everything else is cancelled because at least we get some skating. So um, yeah, no, that's great.
0: Yeah, I think, I think Russian Ladies this whole year is just going to be a constant bloodbath. A hundred percent.
1: All right let's move to the Grand Prix series um so far all of the stages are a go kind of um all of the Grand Prix events are subject to cancellation 12 weeks before the scheduled competition date so Skate America is greenlit that deadline for cancellation was August the 1st and yeah Joss you you know more about how everything's going to be organized and kind of all the processes for like the media to get through.
0: Yeah, so basically from what I know, Skate America is going to have a very tight media bubble. So it's it's a very kind of stringent way that they have to apply for things. It seems to me like they are taking every precaution. And by every precaution I mean the the media specifically. I don't mean the city of Las Vegas, which has opened Everything known to mankind. <laughs> um, but, but I do know that the touristy kind of parts of Vegas, so along the strip, are, are being as responsible as they can be with social distancing, having things outside, for example, by the pool. But, you know, a part of me does worry for the safety of the skaters, even though the media bubble seems to be pretty confined. It really kind of worries me of the state of Las Vegas, you know, just kind of where they're at in terms of reopening after COVID. I mean, during COVID, because obviously we're still in COVID. It's not over, just because we think it's over.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Skate Canada Cup of China, International de France, which is that's actually interesting because the rink in Grenoble that was supposed to host the GP was shut down due to COVID, and that was just announced like yesterday. Oh my God. Um. So. Oh yeah, that's shit. that's a bit that's sketch. Um. Yeah, but. We've got the Rostelecom Cup. We know that's probably going to go ahead with half of the people wearing masks and the other half that is the most at risk people not. <laughs> um, and we finish off with the NHK trophy and we do know that the Grand Prix final is postponed, um, which is interesting because that's that was supposed to be the test event for the Beijing Olympics, um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know how they're gonna go about it. Are they gonna do something virtual? Cause it's definitely gonna be tough to bring everyone into China, into Beijing for the Grand Prix Final. Who knows what the ISU is going to do, but um, I think with the current setup of the Grand Prix series where, um, so selected skaters, so where you are signed, you must reside or train in that country or have no travel restrictions to travel to um, a Grand Prix member country in the nearby area. So for Skate America, obviously, the people who um, train in America, American skaters, you know, they get assigned there, same with Canada, and so on and so forth. It's almost like a mini Grand Prix, like regional Grand Prix finals for every um, every stage, because the field is so deep in each of those areas. Um, So... Do you think that we need a Grand Prix final?
0: I mean, it would be nice to have a Grand Prix final just so we can watch it and talk about it. I selfishly want a Grand Prix final. However, I do think that each of these Grand Prix assignments or each of these events, uh, I looked at the assignments, each of them seem to be like a nationals light almost. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like I, I think that Cup of China seems to be, I mean, Hong Chen just has so many people to compete with her. Who, who knows gonna, who's going to end up on the podium? <laughs> but but I think that it, I, I, I mean, if we were looking at this from uh, who is going to qualify for GPF kind of lens, right? I, I think that certain events, for example, Rostelicum Cup are going, the fields are going to be so deep, right? That it, it, it almost kind of makes me wonder like what the GPF would look like in terms of like who's going to go and who's not considering that each of these events are basically like a nationals light.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that we have the Grand Prix series. Um, I um, like, I don't think we need a Grand Prix final given the setup, especially since, um, you know, we've got in 2021, we've got Europeans, four continents, world juniors and worlds. They're all going to be very similar, I feel, um, if, you know, given the restrictions. But I think it's still a really great opportunity for the skaters to get some ice under their feet and compete, even if it's like a mini nationals. You know what? I'm here for it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm here for any ice time that these skaters can get. Obviously, you know, a lot of momentum in the competition season is from fans, right? And, and it is from kind of that momentum and trajectory of kind of what each skater's competition season is going to look like in terms of personal growth, technical growth, seeing these programs evolve, right? And and if we're kind of missing out on all these events, these programs don't get the time to kind of steep and mature and, you know, they don't get to like try them out with gym, different jump layouts and stuff. So I'm here for kind of any ice time and, and competitive time that these skaters can get. I think that they deserve it mentally and, and physically for the sake of... Their health and and for the sake of their programs.
1: No, absolutely, I completely agree. And you know, it's not completely just um, nationals and mini nationals. We've got like a few random injections of other other countries in, and I think it will still make it interesting. Like um, Taras- Tarasova and Morozova in Skate America. That's always going to cause some drama. And you know what? I think it's the best that they could do. And you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So yeah, that's the kind of very tentative generic um layout of the season. Um obviously we'll keep everyone updated with any news about cancellations or um changes in competition format, but I think for
0: now that's it. Yeah, I think that's the end of our first episode. Phew. We made it. We made it, Claudia. Woo! <laughs> okay. Tick one. Tick one. So I'm Joss, and you can come and chat with us at Lutz, L-U-T-Z, Get Down Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to work with us, you can shoot us an email at LutzGetDownPod at gmail.com.
1: And I'm Claudia. And if you like this podcast and a salty that Kaori ditched no roots like I am, take a hot second and give us some five-star love. We'd really appreciate it.
0: Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye.